0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Attractions Group Podcast. Alongside Ryan Sir, I'm Don Helbig, and this is episode number 78. Ryan, how you doing? I'm doing doing
1: great. Number 78. Well, that rhymes. I'm a poet, and I don't know it. But it's hard to believe, (laughs) you know, 78 episodes in doing this stuff. Uh, For those of you who are listening to us for the first time, welcome. Make sure to follow us on X at attractions underscore GRP. We've got the audio version of the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, all your favorite podcast apps. And we've got our luscious YouTube channel uh, by searching for the Attractions Group podcast. And uh, you can see the video version of the podcast where we have like pictures and stuff like that. So it's a much better experience. So, Don, the roller coaster train did not stop for you. This winter, as you just got back from an ACE event in Texas. Why don't you tell us about that?
0: I did. It was the annual American Coaster Enthusiast Winterfest event that's been going on for years. Always held in that region, the, the Southwest, uh, you know, for the ACE members that are part of that uh, region. Just an amazing event. My first time I ever uh, had visited SeaWorld in San Antonio, uh, just blown away. Just an absolutely beautiful park. Uh, the people there, you know, just very, very good. Uh, you know, very engaging. Uh, made sure that event, you know, came off flawlessly. A lot of great presenters. Our good friend Jeffrey Siebert from Six Flags Fiesta, Texas, you know, as always, stole the show uh, with his presentation. But uh, it was great to see all the different parks, uh, you know, that were there presenting at Silver Dollar City, Dollywood, uh, Six Flags Ever, Texas, among them, uh, Alabama Adventure. So just, uh, you know, just to hear what all the other parks were doing you know, was great, but also uh, you know, seeing some old friends that I, I knew from those other parks and uh, with the ACE community, but also meeting some, some new people, uh, just a good time. And then you know, I had a chance after the event was over to, to ride some of the rides, and uh, you know, Steel Eel was a fantastic ride. Loved that, and um, I was just blown away By the Texas Stingray. It's a wooden coaster. Um, GCI. It was. uh, You know when you get off that ride. And and you want to get back in line. And ride it again. And it quickly. You know soared near the top. Of of, uh, my favorite wooden coasters. Just amazed. And how good that ride. i heard a lot of people talk about. How good it is. Uh, But uh, you know it not only met. But it exceeded my expectations. The food. Off the charts good. And, uh, you know, I got a chance to see some of the different, uh, you know, um, you know, the dolphins, there was a turtle. So it was, uh, uh, you know, just fun to just kind of circle the park and, and just see all that it has to offer. And I certainly, you know, want to go back to Texas. I want to go to SeaWorld and I want to experience the park, you know, just the full day there out in the park.
1: That's awesome. I, I feel like, uh, as always, you know, SeaWorld is the, uh, the most underrated park out there. And I imagine that the the Texas stuff is probably very similar to it. But yeah, SeaWorld is terribly underrated. But we had some big news drop in the past couple of days.
0: We certainly did. So get ready. In 2025... 2025- Universal Epic Universe—it's going to change everything. Uh, big game changer here with what they announced uh, this week. Uh, you're going to be able to explore astounding worlds beyond anything you've experienced before. And Ryan, this is one of those—you um, know—things that uh, as I was watching their video that uh, they put out on on social media, that's how you introduce a new theme park.
1: Yeah, uh, that—that's one thing I noticed as well uh, because you feel like you got a ton of information. You didn't get a lot of information. So they're going to have a lot more moments like this in the next six months or so.
0: It's like a teaser, just enough to get you super excited and wondering if it's 2025 yet. Right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, um, so several, uh, one thing they did do is, you know, they did confirm, uh, the layout of the park, which is going to be in various portals. Um, uh, so it, it starts off with the main drag it's celestial park now celestial park uh is where you step into a leash a l- sorry step into a lush green world where thrills entertainment and dining and shopping uh lead all who enter on this exhilarating journey of discovery
0: and then you've got the wizarding world of harry potter ministry of magic So from 1920s Paris to the 1990s British Ministry, explore international wizarding communities and the magic that connects them in the wizarding world of Harry Potter Ministry of Magic.
1: Then there's the one I'm most excited about. At Super Nintendo World, you'll experience a new way to play, from challenging Bowser on the Mario Kart ride to adventuring through Donkey Kong Country and so much more.
0: And then there's How to Train Your Dragon, Isle of Berk. Take to the skies and soar with dragons as you explore the colorful Viking village at the heart of Burke. Take part in wild boat battles, feast like a Viking, and more.
1: And then here's another one that sounds very interesting. Dark Universe. Uh, From the experience of Dr. Victoria Frankenstein to a shadowy landscape where monsters roam, Dark Universe is a world of myth and mystery. And it'll be very interesting to see how they implement their ips because universal is responsible for almost all of those old black and white horror movies you know that'll be really cool
0: yeah i'm super excited about it um you know it's i was just blown away you know i wasn't expecting to see you know that being released either you know i had been away you know over the weekend not really keeping tabs on what was happening elsewhere and on social media and seeing the universal updates and then you know here it is and um, uh, I watched that video several times. It was just so well done. And that is how, you know, like we said, this is the way to introduce, uh, a, a, you know, a theme park, but I think also, you know, lessons can be learned if you're introducing a new attraction somewhere, just ways to do that and just really get everybody excited and engaged without really, like you said, releasing all the details.
1: We know very little. They talk about the rides, but you don't know, uh, like details of the rides, you know, I, I mean, if you're, if you're a, uh. Smart Mark, as they might call you, you know a fair amount because, you know, Super Nintendo World already exists in Japan and Hollywood. So you've got a pretty good idea. But for the average person, Super Nintendo World, what's that? That sounds amazing, which is exactly where they want you to be. Now, I think that the one area that is kind of going to be the hidden gen is uh, Celestial Park. Now, Celestial Park is kind of their mainstream USA slash International Street, whatever you walk down the main drag. They haven't clarified this yet. But I've heard conflicting information, and we're going into speculation mode here, that that maybe in the future might not require a ticket. You might be able to go into Celestial Park without a ticket, but you have to present your ticket to go through the portals to Harry Potter, Super Nintendo World, How to Train Your Dragon, and so on. So it'll be interesting to see how that's handled.
0: Yeah, and that was one of the areas, too, that I was uh, really intrigued about. Like you said, not a lot of details, uh, but... I think just the picture that was painted, you know, when you walk into Epic Universe, you really are going to feel like you're walking into a totally new world.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I completely agree. And speaking of walking into Epic Universe, uh, this kind of ties back to... The facial recognition technology that we've been talking about, we, we, we did a pick six about it quite a while ago. And then I, I think I spoke to it, uh, because they are testing it currently at both universal studios, Florida and islands of adventure, uh, where it's almost like face ID. It looks at you. All right, you're good to go in. So I believe that the goal is you don't present a ticket. Like when you. Either redeem your ticket or maybe scan your face through the universal app or something that it, it captures your face, and then you can just walk right into these areas. And it's just like a security dude with an iPad, just making sure. Um, so yeah, five impressive worlds. I, I, God, it's so exciting!
0: Yeah, Celestial Park. It's also going to feature the thrilling Starfall Racers dueling coaster. Uh, so I think that, uh, you know That's something to look forward to as well if you're an enthusiast.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. Now, that's another thing where people like you and I and most of the listeners can probably look at it and tell who's manufacturing it and so on. But the average person doesn't know anything about it. They know it's a dueling roller coaster. We don't know how tall it is necessarily or anything like that. So... Again, a lot more to be announced. Um, now, another thing, we we actually didn't mention this, is the Universal Helios Grand Hotel, which is a hotel mm-hmm. inside the park, uh, which is uncommon in the United States. I know there's a couple in Europe, but uh, this one actually has a whole side of the hotel where you're overlooking all of Celestial Park, which I imagine is going to be a little bit pricey. I imagine I'm going to pay that price <laughs> because that's
0: totally worth it it's almost like you know that feel that you get when you're inside the opry um land hotel yeah. um you know you're up in your hotel rooms and you can look out and you can see everything down below you all the different uh, you know restaurants and everybody doing the different activities and that uh so that's going to be really really cool and it, it again the game changer for the hotel experience too you know when you're at a resort uh but this you know it's an extraordinary theme park uh, it's going to have an unparalleled level of immersion and innovation 50 over 50 captivating attractions. There's going to be the entertainment shows, uh, dining experiences, shopping venues. Um, it's just going to be an unforgettable adventure for guests when they, when they visit this park.
1: I may have already ordered the Epic universe t-shirt. That's going to be here Friday with the, with, you know, with the logo on it and stuff. Um, yeah. So it, You know, with with very few detail, we can speculate on a lot of this stuff. Um, You know, there's Harry Potter, there's How to Train Your Dragon, uh, Dark Universe, I think a lot of people will connect with more so. I think that'll be tough to market because it's not a current IP, but I think it'll be an area that people will very much enjoy. They'll enjoy more than they think they're going to, which will be really, really cool. Um, So, you know, going outside the box here. How does this affect the rest of central Florida? Let me, let me ask you that. And then I'll give you, after my long thought process, I've thought about this. How do you think this affects Disney and SeaWorld? And, and well, I think
0: Epic Universe, yeah, I think, uh, Epic Universe, it's going to transform the resort, um, you know, into a week long vacation destination on their property. And that wasn't, you know, you would go to Universal, but you might stay at a Disney property, you know, or somewhere else in Central Florida, and you might go to Universal one day. I think now we're talking, you know, there's going to be so much to see, so much to do between all the parks that Universal now will have, that your whole week's going to be spent there. So I do think it is going to impact, you know, the Disney parks. It is going to impact Busch Gardens. And, you know, then again, we always talk about what a great park, SeaWorld, Orlando is. And how it kind of gets lost in the shuffle. Well, now it even gets pushed down a little bit further in the minds of people uh, because of this. So, Ryan, you and I got to make sure everybody knows about SeaWorld still. You know, we keep that top of mind for everybody because it's it's a fantastic park there. But I think it really changes the dynamic where, you know, when you thought about your Florida vacations, you know, going to Central Florida. You know, Disney was normally, you know, at the forefront of it. You know, and, and Universal was the secondary park. Well, now I think that's quite... I am this open to 2025, you know, that may be flipped and it may be you're going now for Universal. You know, by the way, while we're down here, let's go to the Disney parks too.
1: Okay, let me give you my opinion on this. Well, uh, let's, let's call this a hot take, as the kids say. Um, so, I had a long discussion with somebody that's kind of in the know. with uh, Not in the know in terms of uh, like inside information, but a very, very smart mark. Somebody that's done their research and stuff. And... They made an interesting point. They said that when uh, Epcot opened, it cannibalized from Magic Kingdom. And then Hollywood Mm -hmm. Studios opened, it mainly cannibalized from Magic Kingdom and Epcot. Same with Animal Kingdom. It cannibalized from the three of them. So I think that there's a couple of different avenues to think about this. One, it's going to cannibalize from Studios and Islands of Adventure. Mm -hmm. that's, that's going to be a facet of it Two, It's going to draw people to the area. All right. We can agree on that, right?
0: So thousands of people to the area,
1: uh, millions over the course of the year. Yeah. Millions. Yeah. Thousands Thousands. on like a daily basis. I would say, do you you think that it's going to be a net gain or a net loss to Disney where they're going to lose some people in some days to Epic universe but there's also going to be more people going to Central Florida in general.
0: I think it'll balance out. I think
1: it'll be pretty close.
0: It, yeah, because yeah, because you're you're bringing a lot more people, you know, there or people that maybe they would go every four or five years, you know, now they're going to be, you know, maybe every couple years or every year now. Well, um, so I think it's going to balance out. So what you would what you would lose, you know, what you would lose, you're going to replace by just that many more people coming to Central Florida.
1: So you made an interesting point you normally go every 5 years. Well, we're going to go next year instead because they're opening the new park. That's a huge gain. I mean, that's people that wouldn't mm-hmm. be there that are going to be there. It's going to be interesting to see how things um shake out because Disney's not stupid. Everyone thinks Dis- Disney's no. sitting on their hands and they're not doing anything and Epic Universe is going to take them over. Disney has done the research and they may very well be doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. And that means you sit back, you let you, you let um Universal well, you paid Universal thirty-five billion dollars for Hulu or whatever the amount was, and they're taking that money and building Epic Universe. They're drawing the people there, and you're Disney, so you're gonna draw some of those people. Uh I Yeah, but, that, but
0: if it's Disney, fun. if you're Disney, you are not. You are not the kingpin necessarily anymore. I mean, you're still probably in the overall scheme of things, you know, you're still you know the top of mind, you know park for that. Uh, you know you're still going to have the families with young kids, and that they're going to want to go to Disney. But you know Universal, for years, you know was able to benefit because everyone was coming there to go to Disney. And oh, why we're here? Let's go to Universal. Mm-hmm. So I think you're going to see a little bit of the opposite now. Not in that same number range of people that went to Disney and, oh, by the way, why we're here, let's go to Universal. But you're still going to have people going specifically wanting to go to Universal that are also going to say, "Why we're here, let's go to Disney. So I think it's kind of, uh, you know, shifting a little bit.
1: Do you think, okay, so my understanding, and I heard this information quite a while ago, so I don't think this has changed, but I think it will change come early 2025, late 2024, whenever this park opens. But Universal's strategy was always, we understand that Disney's the big dog here. If you plan a five-day trip to Disney and a two-day trip to Universal, and because of our attractions, because of Harry Potter and stuff, if we can peel off one of those days to make it three days at Universal and four days at Disney, that's where we get our wins. Do you think that strategy changes at this point, based on the fact that you're saying that Disney may not be the kingpin anymore? do they think of themselves as well, a I think, colleague?
0: I think you're more, yeah, more of a colleague now that it's, uh, you know, especially once they, you know, uh, Harry Potter, you know, came into play and became a big part of what universal is. That kind of was the game changer for them to gain a lot of momentum, to get a lot of people, you know, spending those two days that you were talking about at universal. So now I think, that what you're doing with Epic Universe, you know, it's another, um, you know, park. It's gonna everybody likes a new park to check it out and see what it is, right? right? So you're gonna gain from that just right there. Just out of the curiosity, is gonna gonna draw a lot of uh, visitors to Central Florida with it. A uh, lot of noise. They've done a great job you know, with the noise that they've created for this. I think it was, what, 2019 was when they, you know, first announced they were planning right. this. So here we are, what, five years later. It's going to open six years after even talking about it. Um, you know, and again, you're not. we're not seeing a lot of, you know, nobody's out there building new parks. So, I mean, this is going to be one of those, uh, you know, rare times that in our lifetime that we're seeing a brand new major theme park open.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I I agree with all the above statements. Except, I think that your statement about the Harry Potter thing was the understatement of of the night because you said they they kind of turned the the Harry Potter at Islands of Adventure was one hundred percent the turning point that made Universal even on the map of Disney. That's uh, and and they've yeah, done it made it, it made it made it a des- it made it a destination. Yeah, I completely agree. So the next question, your Disney, what's your next move?
0: Well, I think you got to stay true to who you are. You know, you don't want to um Disney's never been a company that's going to react too much to what someone else is doing because they've always believed in what they do mm-hmm. and they've always believed what they do they're going to do it better mm-hmm. than everyone else and to date they have and they'll continue to do everything's everything really really well. Uh but I think that uh you know they they can't take their foot off up the gas pedal. They got to. They got to keep moving forward. You know, they can't relax. They can't take. You know, no days off. You got to keep pushing hard.
1: By pushing hard, are you saying um, new attractions and stuff, or are you speaking from a
0: marketing standpoint? Just new new attractions. Um, just making sure that you keep. You know, working on the guest experience. Keep improving that uh, technology. You know, those kind of things all factor into it. Just the overall guest experience. You just got to keep your foot on the pedal, and uh, keep. You know, doing what you do as Disney. And like I said, they they've always known that they do it well and they do it better than everyone else. So I think that they just got to keep that same mindset and you, you can't go off course just because of what Universal doing.
1: Right. And I mean, we are in no position to preach to Disney and Disney knows who they are and they know what they've got. But I will say this because in the interest of fairness, uh, the Disney we see now is not the same Disney of five or six years ago. And we're seeing a lot and you, you know, if you look online, you see a lot of it, the nickel and diming that I even heard that they're, um, like with avatar, the avatar, Flight of passage. They don't, they're thinking about making it 2d because the 3d glasses are too expensive to replace. Now Disney has a little bit of financial trouble now, but that sort of stuff, you got to be a lot more like Disney and 2014 than the Disney of 2024 because that you do things like that. You start nickel and diming people. They're going to be like, you know, there's a trilogy of really good parks six miles away that that will take care of me, you know, and, um, you know, when you're to the point of missing out, I think that ultimately what this is going to be is it's going to be, it's going to be a net positive for everybody. Uh, you mentioned SeaWorld, but SeaWorld, first of all, SeaWorld's a very locals park but also um i think that they benefit like a ton from just people being in the area uh, i think that it's they don't have a lot to worry about i think that they're going to gain tens of thousands of people per year as a result of this without doing anything yeah
0: you're just kind of in the right yeah you're in the right right place you know where if you're bringing thousands more people per day to central florida they're all looking for things to do so yeah it's going to help see world out a lot uh, i just wish more people you know um put that as part of their plan you know if you're going to florida for 7 days for a week you know just take time out for one day to go to sea world because you know it's a fantastic park and just kind of uh you know experience something different while you're down there
1: i love sea world uh, the only one i've been to is orlando so we're talking about specifically you know you mentioned at the top of the show that you have now been to san antonio which was very impressive but the the orlando one is just so much is done right, um, and it's got such a good collection of – I don't go down there for roller coasters. when I when I, I love roller coasters, but when I go down there, I'm looking for something different. But with that being said, their roller coasters are really cool. Their live shows are really cool. Yeah, they, yeah.
0: Their, the food's the really good.
1: Phenomenal. Um, the merchandise, as I've gotten older, I've really appreciated it. You know, being able to shop around and finding cool stuff with the park logo on it and stuff. That's really good there. Uh, Aquariums. I mean, it's just you can make a day out of it, you know.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the things that, uh, you know, why I bring them up is just that they've always kind of when you're doing shows like we do or just, you know, park goers are talking about different parks. It's not part of that, you know, conversation that comes up with Universal and Disney and all that you know and it should because it's right up there with the experience that you get at that park
1: i agree uh, i would say it's right up there with the experience but i i would say it's not proper form to compare them to universal and disney oh no you can't because you i can't. feel like the product that they're offering is different you know and and uh, if you say theming and stuff like that yeah of course universal and disney are going to beat them but if you want to go to a park where you can experience marine life you can ride some cool roller coasters there's plenty of stuff to do. You can learn something. I know that kind of stinks to do for a lot of you, but I enjoy learning things. What a great park. And if anything, it's like a beautiful park. So you need to check it out. And they've got their cool little Sesame street area. Yeah. With, the uh, you know, with the little kids, um, that's really well done. It's got the Sesame street facades and stuff. It, it's funny. Cause I've never been to Sesame street, obviously, I've been there mentally watching the show when I was little, but I remember the one time I went to New York, we were driving through Brooklyn and I kept on feeling like I had been there and then I realized Sesame Street was based off of Brooklyn. So that's why I always felt like I had
0: been there, but yeah, I got to meet the cookie monster while I was at, uh, say world San Antonio. I got to meet Elmo and he's weird.
1: But, um, but, uh, the facade, yeah. I felt like I was in Brooklyn with the facades. that That's how cool it looks. But for, for a little kid to experience this, it's just absolutely incredible. So uh, we were talking about Epic universe,
0: <laughs> but, but let's get back on track. Yeah. We always get off track, but we? but you know what? But Epic no.
1: universe has an impact on all these different parks. And I think it's a fair conversation to have, you know?
0: Yeah, it is. And, you know, I remember a couple of years ago when you and I were down there at, uh, you know, for IAPA. Mm-hmm. And we saw from a distance the construction, you know, that was going on where it was just, you you were just starting to see some things going vertical. Uh, It's got to be an exciting time. You know, if you're down there either, you know, just down there on vacation to go to the parks or you live in Orlando, uh, just to see that all coming together, you know, as you're driving down the road and that, um, I think that's, it's just a just a a great time to be in central Florida. Yeah,
1: I agree. And, uh, what a time, you know, I, I always think about like with, uh, animal kingdom because animal kingdom, I was definitely old enough to have gone to it when it first opened. Uh, but Hollywood studios, I was kind of young, but I always kind of think like I was alive when they opened. So I wish I could have been there. So I, it's not lost on me that this is kind of a historic thing of being able to go down there and check it out. And, you know, in the first, Hopefully, first couple weeks of it being open, or so. Yeah, so,
0: yeah, it's going to be a. I mean, it's a big deal, and I really like the way that they have gone about it in terms of what information they put out there, when they put it out there, how they put it out mm-hmm. there. Uh, you know, you mentioned at the top of the show, just super, super impressed with the way they introduced this, uh, giving out details without really giving out details. You know, making people want more. You know, so they did a really good job with that and, you know, the anticipation, the excitement, uh, you know, they've achieved what you want, you know, with with the marketing and promotion of, of, uh, you know, what they're doing there.
1: Yeah. I feel like they did what I do all the time and they used, they gave us a lot of information, but told us absolutely nothing, uh, to be fair. Okay. I, I feel, I feel like that's coming out the wrong way because we did. They painted the picture. well, Well, right. So, so a lot of the stuff we speculated on, we now know there's going to be different portals and stuff. And we got the concept up for the portals and they did tell us about a couple rides, but a lot of the stuff is, Oh, just wait till you see the Harry Potter ride anyway, next section. And, and that's, that's kind of cool. Cause I, I kind of don't want to know until I ride it in a lot of ways. Yeah. I'm going to find out yeah. what kind of ride it is and the general concept, but I, I, um, I'm more and more to the point where I don't like to see spoilers of Rides and shows and stuff like that. I, I want to see them for myself for the first time.
0: Yeah, and it also, one of the things that kind of caught my attention is when you're looking at uh, Universal right now, Islands of Adventure, and that they have really good food, but it's not one of those, you know, it's not top of mind. You're not thinking, I'm going to Universal because I want to eat. I think Epic Universe is going to be a park where, yeah, you come for all those other you know experiences in that but you're going to leave there and the food's going to be as memorable as some of the other things that you were able to experience during your visit they i just feel they that they keep
1: on mentioning the dining experiences so i've got a feeling that that is going to be uh that's going to be a big part of it you know it, well and, and we have we've had a lot of discussions on you know the theme park culinary revolution and stuff um and you're right i mean they have like the mythos
0: yeah, they got really good food. yeah they got really good food at universal but it's not like I said, it's not top of mind or it's not what you leave and head back home after your vacation you're not thinking about the food you're thinking about harry potter and all those other attractions you got to experience um but with this i do think the culinary experience is gonna be something that stays with you and you you remember it, uh, you talk about it, you share that with your friends and that when you go back home. So um, I'm excited about that. Uh, you know, as, as I got, you know, get older, you know, I've become more of a, of a foodie fan too when I go to parks and there's parks I've gone to where that's what I've you know focused on was just the dining experience. And I think that that's what I'm excited about too with this is that they keep talking about the dining experience So that makes me very optimistic that it's going to be very good food. It's going to be memorable.
1: Well, not just that, because I've, I've heard from so many people like that. I've got a friend that's in um, a universe. What do they call it? Universal creative. That's their Imagineering. And they're working on the restaurant, this restaurant, that restaurant, I I don't, obviously like, you know, the people that are in creative are pretty tight lip, but they definitely have friends and family and they'll mention something. But if they've got creative people working on a restaurant for a year, that tells me that they intend to make it some sort of unique experience too. You know, so I, I think, um
0: I think we have- Just the whole package. Yeah, just the whole package looks so impressive, doesn't it?
1: I am incredibly excited. It's funny because- just a second ago, I got another, um, text from another friend saying, did you see the Epic universe video? Literally like within the last 90 seconds, I got that text. So that's kind of funny I'll have to respond to him, but Don, do you have any final thoughts about Epic universe?
0: You know, it, uh, when I saw the video the other day, my thought was I got to get an annual pass. I'm wondering
1: how much an annual pass is going to cost. After it opens, because they could probably charge a thousand fairly and get away with it
0: yeah, what is it right now
1: they' are different tiers mine mine doesn't have blackout dates, but it's not it's the second highest tier, and it was like six between six and seven hundred or so. I put like two two fifty ish down and I pay thirty dollars a month
0: so it's cheaper than yeah but if you Disney if, if it's a thousand dollars, say it is a thousand dollars and you go there you know couple times a year and you end up spending five or six days in the parks, it's worth it.
1: Oh, if they charge a thousand dollars, I'm spending a thousand dollars to be clear. I, it, it, you know, and we've talked about this before. I don't know if we've ever talked about it on the show, but I told you like off offset, but with Disney, I enjoy being an annual pass holder so much more than I ever did being like a park hopper. And it's because I can stop and enjoy it. It takes the stress out of it. You know, I, I, cause I, I I don't live down there, but I I go down there relatively frequently, but it's still built into my psyche. It's not, this is a $200 park hopper day. It's, oh yeah, I get in with my pass so I can, especially Epcot, you can just walk around and enjoy it and check out new things and watch all the shows and, you know, spend a half hour looking at stuff in the Japanese shop. So, and universal is kind of the same way. Um. You know, since we bought our Universal passes, uh, we haven't had a whole lot of opportunities to go, and the opportunities that we did have were not ideal. Um, so we went down for a weekend uh, a couple months ago, and the um, uh, our Disney passes were blacked out. This was Columbus Day weekend. So we went on Friday, had a great time, and then we went to Universal on Saturday and Sunday. Well, the problem with Universal is, you know, they're incredibly busy. So it was. um, it, So, OK, one thing I will say is that um, Disney has a lot more places where you can explore, you know, Magic Kingdom, Epcot, places like that where it's just got, like, hidden Easter eggs and whatever. And that's definitely good for annual passes. But uh, at Universal, it's really cool to be able to, like, check out the stuff in the Harry Potter area as opposed to just be lining for the ride. Um, so you've never had an annual pass to any of those parks, right?
0: I have not. My daughter had a annual pass to uh, Disney. I remember that. Yeah, She loved it. Got a lot of use out of it. Uh, but that, you know, that's my, is I want to have the annual pass to, uh, Disney. I want to have the annual pass to universal and I want to spend a lot of time in central Florida. I've always loved it down there. So um, Epic Universe has just kind of provided even that much more incentive to stop talking about getting the annual pass and just go do it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's no better day to buy an annual pass than yesterday. The second best day is today. And I wonder which Disney or Universal is going to steal that and make it their motto. You
0: know, <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, I think we're going to see each other a lot down there, Ryan, because that is my plan to get the annual pass to those parks. And, um, you know i i love those parks and it's just uh you know why not i mean it, it, I, th- I think the value's there expensive like you said but the value's there and you know um, i'm I'm going to be joining you on that annual pass uh, program soon
1: well that's cool i will see you in the annual pass holder lounge at universal which is uh nothing really to write home about but it's kind of neat because Uh, yeah, the AP lounge at universal is only open for a few hours a day. It's indoors and air conditioned, which is nice. But one thing that's kind of cool about it, it, we are so going off topic. I guess we're talking about universal still though, but, um, is they have UOAP only stuff like merchandise, which by the way, Kings Island, you should probably do that. But, um, they, so they have t-shirts and keychains and stuff that say UOAP and you have to present your card in order to buy it. Um, but it's kind of scattered throughout the park, but in the, in the lounge, in the AP lounge, you can look at all of it and browse through it and so on. And there's tables and you can plug in your phone there and stuff. So it's very cool. Awesome. Hey, Epic universe. It's going to be Epic. I promise you that, but stick around. We got the pick six coming up next.